Now may be the perfect time to think about selecting breeding bulls. Do the markets look bullish? Maybe crew, let's ranch it up. Good day, everyone, and thanks for riding with us as we ranch it up. I'm your host and producer, Jeff Tigger Earhart. Tigger. A big thanks goes out to our partners in quite a lineup, the American Gelby Association, David Tanner's Rough Ride Cattle Services, Downtown Threads, Oklahoma, the Montana Hereford Association, the Crown of the Continent Tour, Medora Boot and Western Wear, RFD TV, the Cowboy Channel, and Wrangler. Rebecca Warner, a.k.a. Beck the Boss, is taking this thing over. That's right. I'm running the show. Boom. Cow Country News. You know, the cow stuff. Today's Cow Country News is brought to us by Wrangler. Wrangler, the official shirt and jean endorsed by the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association. Our top news story. Hotter and wetter trends in the Corn Belt last week, but rain missed the major drought areas once again. While the eastern Corn Belt saw wetter weather, which unfortunately featured some severe weather, the northern plains remained high and dry. Drought conditions deepened in parts of the northern plains and upper Midwest. Northern Minnesota saw the introduction of Category D4, which means exceptional drought. For the first time, this state has seen the intensity of drought since the United States Drought Monitor began in the year 1999. Hey, Tigger, that's all I have for for the news do you have anything to add i do i do have one story this is from one of our sister industries in regards to the recent announcement by the usda that cases of african swine fever were detected in the dominican republic and it serves as a reminder to those in the pork industry about the need to put biosecurity first and reassure consumers that pork is safe to eat the u.s remains free of the african swine fever now that's an animal disease affecting only pigs with no human health implications and the u.s imports no pork animal feed or other pork production related products from the dominican republic that is according to the national pork producers council now the chief veterinarian for the council dr liz wagstrom she says the u.s has significantly bolstered biosecurity to protect the u.s swine herd since african swine fever broke in china remember that nearly three years ago, and began spreading to other parts of the world. That's all that I've got for the news. Our Way Up Sale Barn Report is brought to us by Downtown Threads Oklahoma. Keep following us on Facebook and IG, Instagram, at Ranch It Up Show for updates on our new swag line. And not just our new swag line, it is out. I mean, we're getting all kinds of compliments. I've been wearing the tees. We've been handing them out. We've been, been sporting the tees well, I will add. Well, thank you. Look at that. And just ahead with Fall Upon Us, just so you know, the ladies and the men, we've got awesome vests that say Ranch It Up I across the, the back. Yes. So head to ranchitupshow.com for the new swag line. Or you can get a hold of us, right? They can That's just get right. a hold of us and PMS- we can. What? Oops, I meant PM, like personal message us or direct message us on (laughs) social media. You're just sitting there laughing at this one. (laughs) I'm just going to roll with it. Anyway, ranchitupshow.com for our new swag line. Check it out. Recapping the Video Royale sale brought to us by Superior Livestock from Winnemucca, Nevada. Just a tick over 184,000 cattle sold on contract to deliver immediately through the end of February next year, 2022. For a more detailed report, more than what Beck and I will go through, just go to superiorlivestock.com. Recapping the bread heifers, generally speaking, all regions, the bread heifers coming in at 1150 up to 12 and a half, starting with region one. 
Washington, Oregon, California, Nevada, and Idaho. Five to five forty-five weight steers, a dollar fifty-seven up to two twelve. There's bell ringers, five and a half to five ninety weights at a dollar fifty-eight to two oh three. Bell ringers again, six to six forty-five weights, a dollar fifty-seven to two oh two. Beck, I hope that we get some bell ringers. I'm starting to wonder if we shouldn't start a hashtag uh, called bell ringers. Bell ringers, there you go, six and a half to six ninety weights at a dollar fifty-one to a dollar eighty-six. Those are the steers in Region One. The heifers region one, five to five forty-five weights, a dollar fifty-three to a dollar ninety-five and a half, five and a half to five ninety weights at a dollar forty-nine to a dollar eighty-two, six to six forty weights at a dollar forty-four to a dollar eighty-four, six and a half to six ninety-five weight heifers at a dollar forty-nine to a dollar seventy-nine and a half. Region two, Montana, North and South Dakota, Wyoming, Nebraska, Colorado, and Utah. Steers, 600 to 640 weights at 161 to 182. 650 to 680 weights at 162 to 183. 700 to 730 weights at 164 to 173. On to the heifers. 500 to 545 weights at 155 to 179, 550 to 590 weights at 149 to 167, and 600 to 640 weights at 154 to 160. Region 3, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Louisiana, 6 to 645 weight steers, $1.54 to $1.81, 5.5 to 585 weights at $1.50 to $1.77, 5 to 525 weight heifers, $1.46 to $1.77, and then Region 3 heifers, Five and a half to five seventy-five weights, a dollar forty-five to a dollar sixty-six. Moving on to Region Four: Minnesota, Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, Wisconsin, and Illinois. Steers six hundred to six and a quarter weights at one sixty to one eighty and a half. Six hundred fifty to six eighty-five weights at one sixty-four to one seventy-eight. Heifers five fifty to five ninety weights at one sixty-two and a half to one sixty-five. Six fifteen to six thirty-five weights at one fifty-five to one sixty-three and a half. Region 5 is Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, and Florida. I'm going to tell you about the five and a half weight steers at $1.56 to $1.62, and then six to six and a quarter weight steers at $1.43 to $1.57 and a half, and then the five and a half weight heifers in Region 5 at $1.45. Wrapping it up with Region 6, that's the Appalachian country, the Northeast, Michigan, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Steers, 750 weights at $1.50, 8.75 weight heifers at $1.37. You know, not too bad going through the numbers there, but it should be all right for you because you've got a brother that's an auctioneer. <laughs> I'm an auctioneer. I may have heard you guys rattle a time or two. Mm-hmm. Tigger Tour 21. From rodeos to cattle sales to conventions all across the land, follow us along the Tigger Tour 21, proudly sponsored by Medora Boot in Western Wear. Crew, you go online and order at MedoraBoot.com. Coming up next week, a reminder from Northern Livestock Auction, the early fall preview that's august 23rd and 24th just go to northernlivestockvideo.com and then september 8th and 9th the labor day sale brought to us by superior livestock that will be coming up live from hudson oaks texas along the tigger tour september 13th 14th and 15th the montana hereford association will have their montana hereford tour the crown of the continent tour headquartered in kalispell montana by the way followed by a full week of Hereford sales. Head to montanahereford.org. Check them out on Facebook. Montana Hereford Association going to be 
touring historic Montana landmarks, premier Hereford cattle, stunning activities and vistas. Going to be awesome crew. The Montana Hereford Tour, September 13th, 14th, and 15th. Don't forget. Yes, dear. The end of September. We will be in Fort Worth, Texas for that genetics symposium with the great crew from Neogen. Oh, that's right. That's right. We're going to be bringing you more on that. And also, by the way, since you brought that up, you and I will be live from yes, we said will. genetic symposium. So with that, everybody stick around. We've got more of Ranch It Up coming up right after this. Boom. Hey, Beck, I've got a cattle quiz for you. Okay, what you got for me? What breed oh, of cattle, cattle came quizzes. to the... Oh, I know, they're so much fun, right? What breed of cattle came to this country in 1971 and has had a huge influence on the cattle business? Um... The females, try this, the females are known for fertility, quiet temperament, longevity. I've got an idea. In the feed yard now, they offer increased performance, improved feed efficiency, and excellent carcass merit. And more pounds of calf weaned per cow exposed. Bam, got it. You're talking about Gelvy, the continental mm, breed of choice. That's right, there it is. If you have the feeder cattle, get them age and source verified through the Balancer Edge program. If you don't have the females, purchase some this fall and use the bulls. That is the plan, and Gelvy is the breed. Gelvy and Balancer, the smart, reliable, and profitable choice. Learn more about the plan at gelvy.org. Today's cattle battle is brought to us by the American Gelvy Association. Learn more about the Balancer Edge program at gelvy.org. We're going to have more coming up over the next few weeks about Gelvy and Gelvy cross cattle, selling cattle on the grid and cattle on the rail. Now, is it the right time to think about selecting bulls? The answer is absolutely. Let's talk about changes. Let's talk implementation, strategy, genetic cost, where and how we are giving said genetics. Leoma Wells, strategic account manager for Neogen Beef Genomics and a data management consultant for Allied Genetic Resources is with us today. Leoma, let's dive down the rabbit hole, shall we? Well, Tigger, anyone who knows me knows I love a good rabbit hole. So we might as well dive in and, <laughs> and explore <laughs> one. First and foremost, I think it's really important to, uh, to understand that no matter where you're at today as a commercial producer, um, change happens slowly in the beef industry, as you and I were discussing off air, right? But you can incorporate these changes that will benefit you, you know, for years to come. When I go talk to a seed stock producer, Tigger, one of the first conversations that we discuss is I ask them for their mission statement, right? We, we have a whole conversation about why, why, do you, why do you believe you exist? And it doesn't matter what breed of bulls they're selling, right? I'm going to ask you, you know, what, what is your core principles? And then we, we go down this, this, this conversation and this pathway. It's kind of like Candyland, right, where we have these different stops along the way. And I think that in understanding the balanced approach is because your customers, your commercial producers are coming to you. And if they've been through your cow herd, you know, they're purchasing from you because their cow herd is going to look like yours if they're buying bulls just from you, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're the sole, so, so it's, it's imperative that you are making the correct decisions for your customers. Um, one of my main mentors, Marty Robb, he says that a seed stock breeder's fundamental purpose is to provide genetics that drive profit. Yeah. Right. With absolutely. a commercial producer. Yes. So if you're operating off of that 
off of that base principle, then as a, as a seed stock producer, I would hope that you're having conversations with feedlots, right? Who, who are the feedlot buyers who are buying your customers' calves? Because I can guarantee you, Tigger, with my work in data management, almost every feedlot that I talk to, they know where those calves came from, right? Like they know where they sourced them from. Like, don't kid yourself that they don't. Even if they come from a sale, but like they know that they came from this sale barn, they go back to the sale barn, they know how those calves fed, mm-hmm. right? They know where they finished. They know if they made money on on those calves. So as a seed stock producer, are you going back and asking that feedlot, how did how did my genetics do? Would would you consider making any change? Like, you know, do you have any feedback for me? It might be difficult to get in that door because as we all know, Tigger, you highlighted on your show multiple times. Where's the disconnect? The disconnect is it's really difficult to get information out of the packer, right? So, I mean, like, sorry, I'm jumping in there, but we're going to debate here a little bit. This has been, I like how you say, has the seed stock producer gone and had that conversation to start making that connection because, and this is where I'm going to throw it, it's been said many times that it's my responsibility as the commercial producer to talk to the feedlot person to try to find out how are my calves doing? How are they performing? So are you saying it's both of our responsibilities to gain information to try to make informed decisions? So I would say, I would say, yes, it's, it's the seed stocks producer, because when you just said, how are my calves doing? I would challenge you, Tigger, how are your genetics doing? And where are you sourcing those genetics from? Right? So that's the better question is because your calves are a direct result of the environment and the genetics that you're putting into them. Right? And, and so it's imperative to start asking these questions as a commercial producer, because if you don't know how your calves are doing, then how do you know, not think, how do you know that the genetics you're sourcing are working for you? But my, my consideration is if you're buying a bull, you know, that has been genomically enhanced CPDs, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. just so we, we, we're going to circle back around to what I love to talk about, which is DNA. You know this. Mm-hmm. But a seed stock producer who is utilizing genomic testing is that's simply for you as a commercial producer that they are providing risk management, right? But if you're looking and selecting bulls for profitability, okay, I would encourage every commercial producer out there to start studying profitability indexes supplied on these bulls, okay? And if if you those bulls have genomic enhanced EPDs, what that means is that seed stock producer has increased the accuracy level, okay, of those EPDs provided risk management to you because if you're selecting a bull based off of that profitability you know index then by having genomic enhanced epds we've increased our knowledge or our confidence level that those epds are closer to being you know that we that we're that we're closer to where we need to be than just a bull that doesn't have those i think as a commercial producer you need to ask yourself some questions and those questions would be centered around so to your point it takes so long for us to see if that bull that we chose worked, right? You know, we have to approach bull buying and saying, what what do I want to go home with today that checks all my boxes? So then what would you say defines profitability? Knowing what bulls you should go home with that day to optimize your profitability. 
And the way that you're going to know that is to know more about your cows. So circling back to your body condition score, your mature cow size, right? Where's that coming from? That's coming from the genetics that you're sourcing. So Tigger, when's the last time you took a look through whoever you're sourcing bulls from? Have you walked through their cow herd to see what their mature cow size looks like, what their mature cows are doing, what their heifers? Have you asked them what their breed up percentage is on their heifers? You know, what's their calving interval like? You know, is it stretched out? Because as a commercial producer, what defines your profitability is being able to have that calving window, right? I mean, you're not making money on cows until they're, I think, six years of age. Okay. Is that fair? So is now a good time? I'm sorry. (laughs) You're giving me all these things to ponder, which is very good. Is now kind of traditionally we're past bull buying season per Mm -hmm. se and moving on to other ones. But is even now a good time to have those conversations of where we source genetics? It's a great time, Tigger. And what a better time, right, than to go out and look through their calves, okay? They're going to pull them in probably off summer grass this fall. But maybe it's a great time to call them up if you have some time and, and, and say, hey, I'd like to look through your most recent calf crop. What about seeing those genetics in real time, right? Because those are the bulls that are going to be offered up next spring for you to buy, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. And so what about looking through the whole contemporary group, which is something in, in, in seed stock production, Tigger, that you'll hear us say multiple times, how important is it to look at the whole picture? But what a better way to gain insight than to go look through your seed stock producer's calf crop and see that variation for yourself. But what did their tail end look like, Tigger? Because that's what your tail end's going to, I mean, theoretically, right? That's what your tail end might look like someday, okay? And and so the question is, when you walk through those calves, are you happy with what you see? Are there questions you want to ask? One of the common questions Leoma said she gets is when producers purchasing high-powered, if you will, genetics, they say that they may not be getting the performance in their calf crop that they think they should. Well, Here's the question. What are the input costs associated with your outfit in the environment, etc., versus where you are sourcing those genetics? Hence, to understand your cow herd, where you are getting your genetics from, and then understanding their cow herd and their program of how said genetics performed all the way through feeding, finishing, harvesting, and consuming. Great to bring it all the way full circle. Leoma. Wonderful to have you on the show. Up next, it looks like we're getting just a tick bullish. We'll be right back. Whether it's shipping a potload of calves, hauling cow-calf pairs, or delivering a horse, David Tanner's Rough Ride Cattle Services is committed to the humane handling and care of your livestock. Our professional team of transporters have over 30 years' experience and are BQA certified. Check out David Tanner's Rough Ride Cattle Services at roughridecattleservices.com or on Facebook. Thank you for trusting David Tanner's Rough Ride Cattle Services for all your livestock transportation needs. I've received a pile of messages, emails, texts, pretty much any way to get a hold of me asking about our swag line, our Ranch It Up gear. Finally, just head to ranchitupshow.com, click on swag or shop, and check out the full line of Tigger-approved Merck. Long and short sleeve tees. Now, these are the really nice ones, the really soft ones, by the way. We've got hoodies, vests, our signature line of polos, ranchitupshow.com. 
Kirk Donsbach with Stone X Financial Incorporated. And Kirk, I opened up your newsletter and I was reading it, which by the way, y'all can receive the newsletter. It's free, no obligation, just text cattle to 33777. I opened up the newsletter and I kind of was scrolling through it, reading some of the highlights. And at the bottom, I saw short-term bullish, moving averages bullish. Whenever in your newsletter, and I, I've, I've come to really appreciate them in the information that's in there. Whenever I'm reading them and I see bullish, I, I'm giving you a thumbs up all the way around. Good job, Kirk, is what I'm telling you. <laughs> we all we all like higher prices, right. don't we? I wish, I wish I could take credit for that. As of August 13th, September feeders closed 163.325, up about 35 cents. September corn closed 568 on the week, up about 13 cents. And October Live closed 128.175, up almost 60 cents on the week. Kirk, when we were visiting, I think the first time we had you on the show, you said, I got to go through the numbers. I'm a numbers guy. That's my jam. And the one I think probably we're going to be referencing hurt near every week, I'm imagining, is the CME Feeder Cattle Index. That's one of the nuggets that I wanted to pull out of the newsletter. We're going to talk about a couple other in this report, but let's reference that CME Feeder Cattle Index because... The index and the actual futures, they start, the gap was closing and closed and the index went higher. Why is that significant? Because it shows that the system works. The, the promise we had in May of 160 feeders that seemed so ridiculous at the time actually came together with the feeder index closing Friday at 158.83 and 78 cents over the futures price. So long ways around the barn, it just means that the system worked. And Kirk, I want to bring up the WASD report. And if I can get this right, it's it's the USDA, it's the estimated grain yields. And, and, and the big significance is that if we look at corn, if I'm correct on this, if I read this right, there are three bushels per acre lower of estimated corn acres out there. So when we take that three bushels an acre times all of the, the the corn acres that are out there, now we're talking very, very large numbers. Am I reading that correctly? That is absolutely correct. Okay. So the, kind of the way it works, guys like me before the report get together and, and come up with their estimates of where we think it'll be. And what happened this week is when the USDA released their, their final numbers, production or the yield numbers were three bushel an acre less than the guys like me expected it to be. Or oversimplified, it was a very bullish corn report, which obviously is very significant to to the feeder market. And now before we say fairly well, let's talk in the news just a little bit, shall we? So there definitely is some indication that the Packers slowing their chain speed. We had a slaughter number of 639,000. Uh, for those that read my newsletter, we, they know that we need to target about 670,000 a week mm -hmm. to try to stay current. Um, 639,000 is... A little bit of a shocking number, especially considered that cash prices are back over, or sorry, box beef prices are back over 300 bucks. Large profit margins in that sector, and the dress weights are five pounds below the five-year average. So why did they not pass on any of the rally in box prices, and why are they slowing chain speed? And I would suggest the reason is they're they're trying to to spread out the higher cattle on feed numbers over time to maintain the leverage they have. Or 
another way to put it, I think they recognize that their leverage is about to shift to the feeder, which should indicate higher cash prices, and they want to maintain their position of advantage as long as they can. Kirk, any last closing thoughts for us today? Probably the big thought that I personally am struggling with myself is we got April of 22 live cattle above 140. That's obviously a very significant price, but we also have all the bullish indicators we kind of mentioned over the last few minutes. I think everybody out there should at least take the time to analyze that price and make a decision. That decision might be to do nothing, but I I think everybody with live cattle and feeders has the responsibility to at least take a look at that. I'm liking this convo we're having with Kirk. For more information and to get his newsletter, which is free, by the way, just text CATTLE, C-A-T-T-L-E, to 33777. I tip my hat to you from one legend to another. And wrapping up with Tigger's famous last words brought to us by David Tanner's Rough Ride Cattle Services, Big congrats. As most of you may know, a couple weeks back, Shaylee Stewart and her husband, Jimmy, they are now the proud parents of Kenneth Stetson Stewart IV, born August 4th at 5.16 p.m., weighing 7 pounds, 8 ounces, and 21 inches long. Congrats. Love you all. And that's going to wrap it up for today, crew. A big thanks to the boss, Beck. I like that boss, Beck. Leoma Wells and Kirk Donsbach, our partners, the American Gelby Association, David Tanner's Rough Ride Cattle Services, Downtown Threads, Oklahoma, the Montana Hereford Association, the Crown of the Continent Tour, Medora Boot and Western Wear, RFD TV, the Cowboy Channel, and Wrangler. And so glad, crew, y'all came with us one more time as we ranch it up. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook at Ranch It Up Show, our email Ranch it up show at gmail.com. Call and text 24-7-707-RANCH-20. 707 Spread the good word. Join us again next week. It's always Tigger Approved. Stay ranchy and ranch it up. Hereford Cattle in Montana in the fall. Crew, does life get any better than this? Join the Montana Hereford Association for the Crown of the Continent Tour, September 13th through the 15th, touring historical Montana landmarks, premier Hereford cattle, and stunning activities and vistas. And don't forget, immediately following the tour is five full days of elite Hereford production sales. Contact the Montana Hereford Association for tickets at montanahereford.org, September 13th through the 15th. Hold tight. Before I say fairly well, I need to answer a question from a listener. And quite frankly, a question that I can only assume others have had as well. Todd in Georgia asked, where can he catch up on older episodes of Ranch It Up? Well, Todd, I got news for you. Each and every one of our episodes is archived at ranchitupshow.com. Just click on the episode link and it takes us to all of our past shows. Ranchitupshow.com.